Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on 600 Pounds Down. Today, I have a very special guest, Jim Machuga, who is a dear friend of mine, who has a story to share with you that hopefully inspires you and uh, definitely, definitely will make you think about life. It definitely will make you consider life. Like, what is this life we live? Um, where's God in the midst of, of strong and hard times that we just can't seem to get beyond? Or, or where's God when we just need peace, right? Or healing. And today I have my friend Jim who will be joining us discussing his journey right now of uh, going through a bout of cancer, which is a highly emotional episode, if you will, because I know this guy personally and I know what he stands for and how he's been a dear friend in my life and somebody I look to for answers uh, when I was curious about health and, and other things. So Jim uh, is a great man. His wife, Celine, is an amazing woman as well. And uh, I'm excited to have him on the show with us today to share his story, to encourage those who might be going through some hard times, and to share with you where God is in the midst. Jim Machuga is coming next right here on 600 Pounds Down. Stay tuned. And I was given a death sentence at the age of 16. I became a slave to food and to fear. 799 pounds. 799 pounds. But here I am today, 600 pounds lighter. And I'm here to share my story with you to help you improve, to help you find your way, and to help you become a more motivated person. I'll be your inspiration. Here we go. Let's do this. He's been on the Today Show, The Doctors, in the National Enquirer, and in newspapers and magazines all over the country. Welcome to the 600 Pounds Down podcast. Here's your host, Coach Justin. All right, here we are. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. This is going to be an exciting episode, and hopefully you leave here uh, inspired and motivated to become a healthier person and just to trust God through processes that we just don't understand sometimes. I want to welcome my friend, Jim Machuga. Jim, how's it going, my man? It is going good, Justin. Uh, pleasure to be here, and uh, what a great show you have going on here. I remember you from years ago uh, doing some hip-hop worship and some other things, and uh, uh, it's great to be back uh, a little bit in your life here for a little bit. Yeah, back in the day. We can always say back in the day now. That was a long while ago. We, You know, you could really move up there. You really got down with the, the rhythm of the music. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a cardio session. It yeah. was good. but it, it was a good time. Yes, yes. So Jim and I know, have known each other for a little bit now, and I love the conversations that we get to have. And and uh, yeah, Jim does some great things, and I just want him to introduce who he is a little bit here and, and kind of his history and where he's at today. So Jim, do you mind just giving our audience a, uh, kind of a little snippet of who you are? Absolutely. So um, so my name is Jim Machuga, as you know, and uh, I, I'll tell you what, I've lived a very, very blessed life. I, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area, uh, had an opportunity to go to college in Lancaster and traveled a lot with the business years ago and uh, really got to see the good portion of the Northeast and lived in different places. And that was just a wonderful experience. And then the best part of it all is I, I met my wife, Celine. And, uh, and that has been an, the best blessing. Uh, we just celebrated 20 years together. And uh, it's just, uh, she's my, my rock and my, my, uh, 
you know, backbone, so to speak. And uh, we've been able to create over the last years uh, kind of a unique life. And you know a little bit about this, Justin, but we do homesteading. And uh, so we have 18 chickens that are laying wonderful eggs for us right now. And we got an orchard and a couple of gardens. And uh, she was heavily involved in the church. So we did a lot with youth in the community over the last 20 years, which, by the way, you might not know this, but she just retired uh, after uh, 19 years. So there's a new director at the CLC. Wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was kind of a sad, tough, uh, bittersweet moment. It's, it's fun to retire, but, you know, you got all those memories and it's like, Oh, I'm walking out the building here and it's kind of tough, you know, but, I, I, uh, I want to say, I want to say you're, uh, Celine and Jim have faithfully served their church for, for years, you, as you heard, and just the lives that were touched. And when people, they, they worked with youth in the community and, you know, when, when there was nothing to do in the community, cause that sometimes a community where Bradford, Pennsylvania, there's not a ton to do for young people. Uh, there are some opportunities, but when there are some opportunities, we try to make sure that kids take advantage of those. And the CLC, Grace Lutheran Church, the Community Life Center, was a place where kids could just come and hang out and, and just play some games and learn more about Jesus and faith and, and just have some uh, great mentors in their lives and leaders. And, and Jim and Celine were, were really uh, a, a backbone of that ministry. And it's just, I was part of that for a little bit, got to come down and visit periodically. Uh, and it's just phenomenal, the lives that were touched through uh, their ministry at the CLC. So I just wanted to emphasize that because you faithfully served all these years um, as, as people just in the day, day or not, it doesn't matter what time it doesn't, I mean, you guys had such a great heart to, to serve our kids, to show them Jesus. So I just wanted to thank you for that. If I never said thank you. Well, well, thank you, Justin. You know, the reality is uh, it was a blessing. Uh, we got far more out of it than we ever gave. And that's, that's kind of how God works. You know, as you give, he gives back and, and when we would have 50 to 100 kids down there in an evening, uh, it was uh, it was just a fantastic fun time. And uh, so anyhow, that's that part of our life has kind of kind of moved on, at least in terms of the total frequency of being down there. I still stop down and I probably always will uh, in some fashion. So right now, uh, you know, we're, we do a lot with the homesteading. We got our own business, Bradford Nature Company, where we've always encouraged folks to get back to the basics of life uh, things like. Uh, Toys and products that don't use batteries and don't connect to the internet. Trying to get folks to use their hands, get outdoors, and maybe say play a board game with the whole family, where the whole family, the parents and the kids actually sit around a table and talk to one another uh, without picking up one of these devices, which are actually kind of cool and nice to have. But uh, it's not what you really want to do when the family's getting together. You know, encourage folks to have dinner time, then spend some time together afterwards. So that's, that's a little bit in terms of the, the physical world, the spiritual world. Uh, my faith rests in our, uh, our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, our, our counselor and guide. And uh, he has never let me down. And he's got me out of a lot of different difficult situations. Uh, the Lord is known by a lot of different names. And I, the number one I know him by, other than, say, salvation, uh, is uh, Rescuer, because he has rescued me out of a lot of messes most of which were my doing, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, I, I trust him. I love him. And, uh, you know, that's where I stand with him. Jim, you said you were, uh, first off your man of faith and that I, I just am blessed to know you and your faith and this journey. It's just been, uh, 
man, it's just been such an adventure with you. And throughout the years, I'm not talking about recently, I'm talking about just being able to talk to you and discuss health and wellness with you and a perspective of, of faith in the midst of that was always good. But so you said you're a homesteader and, uh, I know you guys have a fantastic garden and, and you got your own chickens and you got some things that, that you, that you can just get there. And I'm sure the eggs are a ton cheaper than they are in the stores right now for you. <laughs> they are indeed. So it's, our costs actually have not gone up in, in terms of raising our eggs. We use, uh, we use organic uh, feed. Our, or first off, our chickens are free ranging uh, whenever they can. It's 100, 150 feet or so square feet. And they got two different fields they can kind of go to. So we rotate them back and forth. But, uh, you know, if it's snowy like it is in Bradford right now, uh, they are getting fed as because they can't go out and actually eat the grass and so forth. So, you know, it's organic feed. And I'll tell you what, that makes a huge difference. I'm hearing a lot of different stories about people using commercial feed and what's happening to their chickens, egg laying potential. And uh, our, our chickens got the, actually, we're having the best egg laying hens we've ever had in our life. It's, it's 20 degrees outside and we're still getting virtually an egg per chicken per day. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing that they're laying like that, especially in the cold. Yeah. And, so, and, and I'll, I'll just share this and folks don't know this. Bradford, Pennsylvania is the icebox of Pennsylvania. And, and God has a very distinct sense of humor because I felt called to Bradford and so did Celine. Then we came up here and cold is not my preferred climate. I prefer the warmer weather. And so he called us up here and we followed and great things have happened as a result. But we do a lot of gardening and Bradford is probably being the icebox of Pennsylvania is the absolute worst place to try to do gardening, orcharding or raising chickens or anything like that. But uh, but it works. You know, it's uh, you have to fine tune things. You really have to read up on things to see how plants grow or you know what they want or what they don't want. And then compensate for in Bradford, a lot of cold weather, uh, a lot of snow, of course, a lot of moisture. Uh, a lot of funguses in the hills up there that can come in and wipe out your tomato crop pretty easily. So you, you have to really fine tune things and work with nature and trust in God. Yes. Yes. And you've always been a spokesman spokesperson on doing the, the gardening and you had, you had classes going on. So I, I just love that part about what you guys do. So let's talk uh, about your life right now. So you've always been, you've, you've lived a healthy lifestyle, not perfect, you know, but, but you've lived a healthy lifestyle probably better than most American citizens, I would say, or, or Americans, uh, they, you know, they, the standard American diet is not one that we really uh, subscribe to, right? We don't, we're not, I, you, me, we, we both, we've had conversations on how it's probably killing our country. Let's be real. And the type of food that we're consuming, be it uh, the, the stuff that we find, the harsh chemicals that we find in some of the foods or some of the cleaners, I should say, and some of the junk that's found in the foods and the ingredients. And then, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff and I don't have everything. You, you probably know a lot more than I do right now, but we know that standard, what they prescribe, what they tell us, Hey, just go ahead and eat this. As long as it has some fiber, as long as it has some this or that in it, as long as it says diet, as long as it says fat free, whatever. A lot of people fall for that stuff, but they fail to recognize what's in those, what are, what's in that food that they have to take away to make it this or a diet food or whatever. Uh, we're all about whole foods. And so let's talk a little bit about where you guys are with that. You're a healthy people in the sense of what you eat most of the time or um, what you grow. 
and then transition that into, you know, where we're at today. So I know it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of just setting it up where you've lived a healthy life and sometimes things just happen, you know? Well, well, I'll put it this way. Uh, I'm 56 years old. And for the last 20 years, I lived a healthy life, Justin. Prior to that, when I was on the road a lot with the company, I didn't eat so healthy. And that was a good 15 plus years or so that there, that, that way, uh, as a kid, you know, pretty healthy. That was the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 80s. Food back then was very different than it is today. We didn't have nearly the pesticides, the chemicals. We'd never even heard of GMOs at that point. And, uh, you know, milk came from cows that were free ranging on, on an open field in beautiful sunlight. So the food supply was very different when I grew up. And even if you ate bad back then, you weren't eating like you bad like you are today. You know, and, and most folks still sat down and had a salad for dinner and everything else like that. So, you know, when we look at illnesses going, when we look at illnesses, we always have to look into our past as well in terms of, okay, my childhood was pretty decent. Early adult years on my own, not so good. Got married, sling got me a lot better. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I had a, a, a consultation with a, with a nurse today, a PhD nurse or one of the folks I'm consulting with. And she went back and she was asking me questions about my birth. Like, was it C-section? Was it natural? Was I breastfed? Was I not? Uh, did I have trouble sleeping as a child? And we went through my entire life because illnesses oftentimes don't happen overnight. They, they, they're gradually building up and then they hit you later on. And uh, as we get into this, my problems today actually probably started about eight years ago in 2015. So where do I stand now? So in the last couple of years, we've really fine-tuned our, our diet. We've been eating actually very healthy in a lot of ways. Uh, I probably still had too much processed foods because I like cereal. But, you know, it was organic. It was non-GMO, a lot of veggies, our homestead eggs. So there, uh, you know, no soda, no sugar, that sort of thing. So it was, it was relatively healthy, pretty healthy. By American standards, it's probably very healthy. Uh, but um, so, so today we eat all organic, non-GMO, or I'm, I'm going to say 90%. It's tough to be 100%. And uh, that's, that's where I was coming into this current situation. And, I, oh, I got lots of exercise because of the homestead and everything like that. So I had a pretty healthy lifestyle, pretty active, pretty mobile, uh, even with everything that's going on. And, and I want to phrase it this way. Everyone wants to focus on the cancer in my life right now. But I've got four strikes against me. And uh, so just for your audience, I got, I got stage four cancer. I have a, a really nasty blood clot in my right leg, which uh, at one point swelled it up so much that I was rushed off to Buffalo Hospital for compartment syndrome, where that is like massive swelling. Even my toes were swollen. That was back in September. Uh, that is down a lot at this point, but it's still you know, a pretty swollen leg. I recently got diagnosed with hypercalcemia, which I never even heard of but it's too much calcium in your bloodstream and actually is, is very dangerous, very deadly even. And then on top of that, at the same time, I found I have stage three, almost stage four, only a few points away from stage four kidney failure. So, you know, everyone likes to focus on the cancer uh, because it catches maybe the headlines and all that stuff too. But I'm, I'm, I'm with four different things at this point. And uh, I jokingly say I'm a, I'm a dead man walking, except for the fact that uh, I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm an underdog. I don't give up. And I, and I got faith in God. So we'll see where this takes us. So my diet right now is very restrictive. And when I first kind of got diagnosed, uh, at least in the September version of all this, because there was some previous to it, 
which I had very, very good success with some natural stuff. Uh, but then I had some injuries to my right leg and it kind of crept in underneath that and really took off. Uh, but I've kind of almost balanced it. It hasn't necessarily gotten hugely worse, but it hasn't gotten better. I'm winning some battles, but kind of slowly losing the war. So recently, I when I got the test results back for hypercalcemia and and uh, stage three slash four kidney failure, uh, I, I readjusted things and I talked to some other people. And so right now I am largely on, and, and I guess the key phrase is I'm after the root cause. Okay. I'm not focusing on getting rid of the cancer. I'm getting rid of, I'm focusing on getting rid of what caused the cancer. Because if I can get rid of that, then the cancer goes away also. Although I am doing things specifically for the cancer, obviously. So my diet right now is largely candida. We, the, the new thought is, is that my, my system is largely inflamed based on things that happened between 2015 and currently. Uh, there could be a potential candida uh, infestation underneath that surfaces in, in some ways. Uh, there would be some evidence to, to support that. So it's largely a candida diet with keto. So where I stand right now is like literally zero sugar and as, as zero carbs if possible. Obviously, it's, it's, you don't really get to zero. There's always some, some stuff out there. But uh, so that, that is the foundation at this point. Now, what's really kind of wonderful about this one, I get to keep all my veggies uh, and I love veggies. Uh, olive oil is really good. And, and I should go back one step. So when I, when I plan my meals now, I go, is this good for cancer? Is this okay with the blood clot? Is this okay for hypercalcemia? And is this okay for my kidneys? Uh, if I can get three out of four of those okay, I'm, I'm good with that because that's about as good as I can get, except for celery. Seems to be good for all of them. So I'm eating a bag full of celery, like nine stalks of celery every day. Wow. And, uh, and I'm, I'm craving it too, which was interesting. Before I knew some of this stuff, I said, I, I got like a craving for celery. It's interesting. Listen to your body. Your body sometimes will tell you what it needs. Even if you don't understand it, it's picking up on things. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool thing about the way the Lord made our bodies that they can tell us stuff. Even if we don't know it, they can kind of tell it. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting, Jim, that I want to take a pause on what you said, because yeah. our listeners can put things into practice as you're talking about these things. So you said when you look at food now, you ask yourself, is this good for this? Is it good for this? Is it good for this? Talking about the struggles that you're having right now in your health. And so you're perceiving the food not as just a something to eat to get enjoyment, fulfillment, even though you do enjoy it because you said your body craves it, you want it. But how many people go around on a daily basis and just head to the vending machine or head to the part of the store that is a quick, just give me a pastry or you know what I'm saying, right? They, mm -hmm. these, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat something that tastes amazing and so good that tickles my palate. But we know that industry probably creates these things this way. So we go back for more of them causing an addiction of some sort, which isn't healthy for us. So yeah. we should be asking ourselves this question anyway, what I'm consuming right now, is this going to bring life to my body or death to my body? And I think we need to come back and visit that for health purposes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll go back to a gentleman that lived, oh, 2000, 2,500 years ago. He was a Greek gentleman by the name of, of Hippocrates. And you might have heard of the Hippocratic Oath that doctors take. And uh, he once said that let food be thy medicine and medicine thy food. And that was the foundation of Western medicine, uh, which is very fascinating because we really don't, if you talk with doctors today, you, they don't, there's, you have to go to a nutritionist 
to, to understand more of the nutrient level. The doctors are versed in other things today. And uh, so I look at it from going back to the basics and uh, saying, okay, I'm going to let food be my medicine and medicine like food. That's the first line of offense or defense, however you want to think about it in terms of your health. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's where I stand. I've always for the last 10, 15 years have felt that way. And, uh, but it became, it's become very, very critical now. So when I have my schedule for food and I got a daily regimen, I'll hold this up. I don't know if you can make a big screen or how this shows up. I don't know, but there's my, there's my regiment. Oops, let me get it this way. Uh, so you can see at the top and it goes all the way down through the bottom. And uh, that, that is literally hour by hour throughout the day at this point. Uh, it, it tells me what I'm doing. And yeah, my wife just walked by. He, uh, uh, Celine says hi, Justin. Hello, Celine. She's <laughs> she's willing to pop on. She can come and say hi with us too if she yeah. wants. So, oh, and she yeah. says we're good. <laughs> okay. Um, she's reorganizing our essential oils as well. So, uh, so literally, I, I've got something scheduled from eight o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock every hour on the hour. What I'm doing, and I'm trying to keep to that as best as possible. Sometimes I might miss an hour, but you know, you, you do the best you can. Yeah. And uh, so it starts off with, uh, well, anyhow, you look like you were going to say something. No, I'm just, that, that's good. I, I think it's why. So food is just, food is a a way of treating what's going on. We're trying to find the root cause. Like you're saying, you're, you're using food as a, as a method to do that, to treat what's happening, right? Is that, is that where you're going with that? Yeah, exactly. And because of where I'm at, it's very intensive at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was healthy, no, it's, it doesn't need to be so intensive. Uh, but, but I, I'm pretty intensive right now. I, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is geared towards reducing inflammation, uh, which is, you know, what is disease? It's dis-ease. Uh, something is wrong with your body. It's throwing things off. And, and that's what we, that's the current game plan is that I've got a lot of dis-ease in my system for a variety of reasons. And, and I should go back and let, let your listeners and you know, even, uh, back in my teen years, probably about 18, 19, so I might have been just out of my teen years, maybe 20-ish, uh, I had a hernia operation, and they found some things, and the doctor said, well, we, we did some stuff to, to fix a few things. Well, I'll let your audience know, testicular cancer, and he found, a, t- he found a, uh, a cyst on my right testicle back then, and he turned it inside out, which stopped it from growing or whatever, and he goes, everything looks fine at this point, but don't be surprised if you get cancer there one day. And sure enough, it took 35 years, but it showed up. And cancer is one of those things that, and I'm no doctor, this is not medical advice. Mm-hmm. It tends to hit you where your weak link is. Something, something caused your system to be weak there, whatever the reason being. And that's exactly what happened in my, in my case. And so then it came out. And uh, so, so that's uh, just something to be aware of. Uh, that, uh, again, go back to your early years, what happened 20 years ago in your life might be what's happening, you know, what might be the cause of today. And uh, so with that, uh, so there's inflammation got into my system. We think like candida type of thing is, is fundamentally in there and that's allowing other things to happen. And uh, so that, so let's just take the cancer. So I'm doing a lot of things to fight the cancer, but then I recently realized that, oh, I've been getting blood clots probably for a couple of years too. Just didn't realize it. Uh, but notice, hey, my, my calf is, is swollen. Uh, and uh, I was getting a swollenness in my chest area. And well, they actually found that on the uh, sonogram that I had a, I had a blockage there, uh, a blood clot there at one point. They can see the scars. It healed itself in a sense. You know, it opened up. 
but you can still see the scars there. So that was kind of interesting that way. Wow. It's amazing mm -hmm. what they can find when you look at things. And like you said, trace back to what your beginnings were, right? If you're, so if you're a listener today and you're a young person, if you're listening and you're in your teenage years, even to young adult age, don't underestimate the power of doing something good for your body right now and not waiting until you get a diagnosis, not waiting until you're older. Say, ah, I got years. It starts now. It's preventative measures starts today. The first day you recognize it needs to happen when, when it registers in your mind saying today's the day I heard a message. I heard about a story of a guy who struggled with this and it went back to his earlier years. Think about that for a second and just think about what you can do today to prevent bad things to potential happening. Now we can't escape everything. That's the thing. Like things can happen. We can't escape everything, but we can take precautions. We can take preventative measures and we can be the best we can be right now. So when those moments do come up, we can have some ammunition and defense uh, on our side to help us through these things and not freak out the last second. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is over. We don't have to think like that. Now, Jim, you're, you're going through some, some natural approaches right now and some doctors uh, talking to you about what they can do next. So what's on the, the next step for you on this journey? And, and well, and in terms of what I'm currently doing or what happens afterwards, well, what so, you're currently doing, okay. transitioning into what's going to happen afterwards, like what are what are some okay. things that are coming so, up? So here's here's uh, going back one step to what you were saying there. Uh, I, I'd like to encourage your audience to think about health care and not sick care, because in our world today, it's all focused on sick care. We don't we don't do a whole lot of preventive stuff. Once you get sick, then that's when we go see the doctor and do so and so forth. Uh, but you want to focus on health care, on being healthy in the first place. But we, we live in a broken world. Uh, we live in a world that, you know, has a lot of toxins in it more than ever before. And so our bodies are under constant attack and we, we do just naturally get sick. You know, that's, that's what happens. So uh, you want to have a game plan for when that does happen. I can say when I was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't freak out. I never did. Uh, you know, it was like, okay, I got cancer. You know, that, that's put together a battle plan and, and see what we can do here. So then, in terms of uh, what was your question again, Justin? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you're going today, so what are some of those next steps for you? You're okay. already doing some natural things. Got it. Um, okay. You're, you're visiting. And now what are some steps after this to, to okay. bring healing to you? Okay. So here's where we stand right now. And in the last couple of days, I saw an oncologist, a vein specialist, and had uh, two consultations with what would be called nat more naturopathic people. And so based on that information, the game plan is this. I've got 30 days to get this thing under control. And my natural steps have kind of, like I said, already kind of slowed some things down, but then I got hit with all this other stuff. So I have to be very, very intensive now. So I've got 30 days in my mind to do everything natural I can to, uh, to get all this under control. And that's the way I prefer to do it. Now, one thing I will say for Western medicine today's current version of Western medicine is that diagnostics are fantastic. You know, to have an X-ray, an MRI, a CAT scan, a sonogram, anything like that, uh, those things are fantastic. And my current, uh, like, like, like vitals, when I went to the doctor yesterday, you know, my blood pressure was 116 over 62. My temperature was 98.4. My uh, oxygen level was, you know, 99. Uh, the heartbeat, I don't recall what that was, but, you know, it was pretty good too. So even though I have all these ailments, 
on the surface, I still appear reasonably healthy, which is so, so bizarre in that sense. But on February 28th, I've also scheduled a lung test and that lung test had to be scheduled, scheduled should I opt for chemotherapy, uh, which apparently is very, uh, very potentially very good in this case. There's no promises of any kind, but, but can, be, can be pretty good. With all my other underlying issues though, I really don't wanna go that route because if I already have stage three kidney failure, what are that what's that heavy toxic drug? Because that's what chemo is. Uh, one way of thinking about chemo is, uh, you know, you're killing the cancer before you kill the patient. Um, and uh, so, given all the other things that are going on in my life right now, I really don't want to opt for that choice, but I may have to. And I think we need to be open-minded to consider all options. But my first course of action is the natural route because it has worked very, very well for me in the past. I've done a lot of things that doctors said I could not do, but I did them, um, the natural route. And, uh, and it worked very well. So that's my first course. But if not, then I will opt for the chemo. I mean, I, I guess at that point you say to yourself, if you have no other options, then that's what I'm going to do. And I will also preface it with this. Your body is your body. No one has a right to tell you what to do with your body. And, and if someone chooses chemo or radiation or, and I had surgery done, uh, you know, that's their choice and we need to be respectful of that. You know, you have to do what you feel is right for your body. I, I do a podcast too, Justin, and, and I, we always say uh, as our disclaimer is, uh, you know, do your own research, draw your own conclusions, make your own decisions, and live with the consequences. Mm -hmm. And that's all that we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, uh, I don't recommend anyone follow someone completely blind. You know, that that's not healthy living. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if you have money and make an investment and you give someone a hundred thousand dollars, which I don't, I can't do, but if you did, uh, you know, you would probably do some research before you did that. Is this person trustworthy? Is this a good investment? Uh, and we need to do that with our health as well, along with every other aspect of our life. Are you running into opposition with your, and I don't, you don't have to over say anything, but I know I've read some articles on natural approaches to, to trying to beat cancer, overcome cancer. And I know Celine has her own unique story, which I would love to have her on sometime too, to talk about her journey with this whole thing. But yeah. when you're walking into this with your treatment ideas in mind. Of course, you're open to what professionals are saying. You, you're, you're, I think you're coming at this in, a, in an open mindset. But like you just stated, the patient has the, they have to take ownership of their body and say, I have the right to want to do it this way. Nobody can twist your arm and say, you know what, Jim, you're going to get chemotherapy. And that's, that's what you're going to get. Nobody's going to have, nobody's allowed to do that. You make the call. So when you're saying I'm doing some preventative measures in a natural approach, are you getting any flack from that? I'll tell you what, this is fascinating. I just had a conversation with a person yesterday uh, about this. And let me go back to a couple of my experiences. Uh, and I, I won't name names or anything. I'm going to leave it very vague. But I saw one oncologist back in September. And I showed him some of the natural stuff I wanted to do. And the individual picked up the book, threw it onto like the examination table and said, this is useless. You might as well throw it in the garbage. And then just yesterday, visiting that same office, uh, one of the nurses in there, when they looked over my protocol that I have and uh, said, well, none of these supplements are FDA regulated. So you have no idea what's in there 
and you don't know if it's doing any good and how it might interfere with your chemotherapy. And Justin, I gotta say, the first thing on my morning routine is taking turmeric. And turmeric has been around for thousands of years and it's very well researched. It's known to, to fight cancer. It's known to do all kinds of things on a variety of levels. And uh, it's very difficult to say anything bad about turmeric, really, if you think about it. Yet the first word was, you don't know what, you know, you have no idea what this is. And uh, so that was kind of very discouraging. Uh, or doing lemon juice in the morning. And that's pretty standard. Uh, lemon juice is pretty good for folks. You know, it will, you really can't go wrong with a little bit of lemon juice in the morning. So there is a lot of resistance um, in the medical establishment. And I want to clarify something here because I think it's one of the twists that have happened in recent years in terms of how we classify what approach we're taking. Oftentimes people will say, in this case, say chemotherapy. Well, that's the conventional approach. And uh, doing, the, doing this natural stuff, that's the alternative. No, that's completely wrong. Doing the natural is the original approach. Doing chemotherapy is the alternative. And so that has been flipped in our society. And, and people need to recognize that, that when you're doing the natural approach, you're doing what was time-tested for many years, all except for maybe the last 100 years, and especially maybe even the last 50 years. Um, big pharma drugs didn't exist until maybe 50, 75, 100 years ago, maybe the turn of the century to 1900. So, so what I do first, what I go to first is original medicine. If I'm not having success there, then I look into alternative medicine, that would be your chemo and radiation and stuff like that, or, or even a pharmaceutical drug. Um, I had a horrible reaction to a blood thinner back in November, absolutely horrible. And uh, that might have been part of the reason why I'm having kidney failure right now. Uh, so I don't know, I can't prove it, but right after that, my back started hurting. And uh, I'll tell you what, I never had a reaction to anything like I did for a couple of nights in particular and for really a period of about several weeks until I realized that's what was causing it. So anyhow, so the, the natural approach is original medicine, everything else is alternative. And uh, what was your question again, Justin? I get going. I just love the tangents, you keep going. No, I was asking getting any flack from that and you answered some of that already. Yes, yes, okay. So, so anyhow, so there was the Dr. Flack there. Yeah, I suffer from ADHD, by the way. Uh, and I, I start researching one thing, I go to something else. Uh, it, so uh, the flack that you get is, and I said this to the person the other day, I go, let's, let's say things do not go well, no matter which approach I take. Um, or, or even before that, even because I've gotten some flack this way already. Uh, I'm, I'm doing original medicine the natural way. And people say, well, why would you do this? Why aren't you doing the chemotherapy? Don't you know that can, that can help you or whatever that, you know, and, and like I said, it could be significant for me. Uh, but so you don't really get a lot of support. You know, you, you really are going us alone. You know, you, you better have your spouse's support, maybe a few close friends, that sort of thing. Uh, because people could look at you like, oh, you're the crazy person that's trying this over here or something like that. Uh, but if I do chemotherapy, then, you know, my hair falls out, then everyone says, oh, he's, you know, um, oh, we feel so bad for you. Uh, you know, all this other stuff. If, if I die from this, everyone will say, well, oh, he died from cancer and, you know, we're so supportive. Let's do fundraisers for you or whatever. And I don't need a fundraiser or anything like that. We're fine that way. Uh, 
But if I die, die doing the original medicine, they'll say, well, that crazy guy, you know, he tried that natural thing and he's dead now. Look at what it got to him. Yeah. You know, although I will say this, look at the statistics. Uh, two, almost 2 million people a year get cancer. 600,000 die. The cancer industry and Richard Nixon in the early 1970s, definitely by mid 1970s, maybe 75 at the latest, declared the war on cancer. It's 50 years later, folks. Um, you know, a 30% death rate is not exactly a huge success. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and some could argue some other statistics, but that's not the point of this uh, discussion here. So, you know, you do get a lot of flack. You have, you really have to believe in what you're doing and, and, and have a backbone. And fortunately one area of support, I do have a huge area of support is with prayer. And a lot of people have come up to me and said, you have a lot of people praying for you. And I'll tell you what, that is, and I'm almost getting a little emotional on this level, uh, that that is extremely meaningful to know. And I do believe in the power of prayer. And there have been some really coincidental things with that, um, that I think are God's sign. So uh, that's where we stand with that. Uh, be strong. And, and you can go to a lot of websites out there that will show you success stories, people that were supposed to die, but are still alive. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I think <clears throat> I, I was reading articles on people doing natural approaches and, and doctors clearly say, this is not, why are you doing this? It's not going to help you. But I, I too believe in doing things a natural approach, a natural way. It can't hurt. Okay. I would say that it can't, hurt. So if you're going to sit there and chug Mountain Dew, or you're going to sit there and, and, and chug or eat a bunch of sugar and candy and have a bad diet, continue smoking or whatever you do, what's it going to hurt if you stop that stuff and eat more natural things, even if it's not organic, let's be honest, right? I think top notch should be, you should read for an organic option, non-GMO, all that stuff. But say, even if you can't go that direction, giving up the junk with all those preservatives and junk that's in that and going towards a more natural approach will not, it should, the other stuff's hurting you more, right? It's, it's your body has to respond when you put in, when you ingest something, your body has to respond one way or another to the fuel you're putting into your body. And a lot of times it's not healthy stuff. So stop putting the strain on your body to process and break down and digest the foods that aren't good for you. Because at times when people do that, we don't know what it takes to break down a certain food. Your body's working 24 seven to break this down, break this down, treat it kindly when you're going through some issues. So Jim. Yeah. Or can, I, can I interject there? Yeah. Justin? yeah. Okay. So um, I want to be clear here that the doctors and so forth working on oncology and everything, I'm not saying any of them are bad. The first oncologist I saw actually in the spring, um, he saw some of the good results I was getting. And after, after the scan came back, it actually said I stabilized everything and things, a lot of things had already gone back to normal and everything doing the natural route. And that was stage 2B. Um, so that wasn't like just a little tiny cancer. That was, you know, that was stage 2B at that point. Uh, so I felt pretty good going into the summer. And then I said, I, I had these injuries to my leg. And then this thing kind of just, maybe I didn't get all of it or, or it was opportunist and went in. But when I, when I had that discussion with that first oncologist talking about nutrition, he said, you know, I don't know anything about nutrition. I didn't take any classes on it. So they don't know. So when you're going into one of their offices, if you're trying to educate them, that's it doesn't go over well. Let me tell you that way. Or trying to explain what you're doing, it, it doesn't go over well uh, that way. 
And when we talk about natural things, I'm going to share this. And I'm not a doctor, so do your own research on this. But one of the natural people I'm seeing now uh, is, uh, well, I won't say who the person is, leave it vague. But got me on, I got to pull down my glasses now. I'm getting older, folks. Eyesight is one of my issues, too, along with hearing loss. Um, so she's got me doing this thing called Artemisia. I never heard of it before. It's a, it's a Chinese herb. And uh, you, can go to, to, you can go to the National Institute of Health.gov. So this isn't some conspiracy website. Google that in there uh, and, or, you know, search it in there. And it is an incredibly powerful herb, like 100% kill rate with malaria. But they were doing some tests with cancer patients as well. And uh, some of the tests that were coming back were absolutely phenomenal. It killed all the breast cell cancers like in 24 hours. And so they're actually looking at how to turn Artemisia, and I might not be saying that right, so do your own research, into a chemotherapy drug. Wow. So when people talk about the natural stuff, there are some very, very powerful things out there. Now, what will happen if they try to turn this into a chemotherapy drug? Natural plant things cannot be patented. You can't patent something that's natural. So big pharma will have to find a, find out the molecule that's that's working, make a synthetic version of that molecule, and then put it into a you know a, a drug cocktail, an IV cocktail or a pill or something like that, and then administer it and sell it under some kind of a name, and run commercials on it, and then charge a lot of money for it maybe. Uh, so. So in a sense, I am right now taking a natural chemotherapy drug. Uh, and that's just one of the things that I'm doing. Is it strong enough? We'll find out. Uh, I read some stories on it. And, and one thing about cancer, folks, is different cancers respond differently to different things. So you really want to find out what is responsive to your cancer therapy. And uh, some of the things I did at the beginning, I found out were not as testicular cancer wasn't as responsive to it. Although... I'll tell you what, my, my 11 by 9 centimeter tumor, if it was growing at the pace that I tend to think it was, uh, if what I was doing wasn't having any success, would have been about 19 by 14 centimeters. Uh, it actually shrunk about a centimeter. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's like what I did wasn't a complete waste of time, you know. So I'm now I'm geared towards something else that should be a little bit more effective. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing all that, Jim. Uh <laughs> ADHD. For, <laughs> ADHD. Uh, for time's sake, let's jump into, uh, I think it's really important that we talk about this because you're a man of faith and, you know, we, we share that in general with, with each other, uh, having faith be part of our lives in an everyday situation, everyday setting, everyday adventure, uh, not just a Sunday morning thing. And we believe there's a real God who is alive and active and is present in our world, present in our lives. And, you're going through a moment now where your faith in some way can be tested, right? It can, it can come across like I served God all these years and where has he been in the midst of this? I, I pursued, I gave, I attended church, I pray, I do everything right. I honor him. Why isn't he next to me? Cause I, I honestly, and I want to paint this picture in a, in a way that, a non-believer might look at this, or even some Christians, they're, they're thinking, if your God is so good, then why does he allow you to go through this? They're thinking, if he's a healer, why isn't he healing you? 
And those are questions that will plague minds of those who don't have a relationship with God, but also some people who do have a relationship with God. God, if you really love me, then why is this happening to me? So I paint that picture just to kind of emphasize what the thoughts might be of different people. But where is your thought life in this moment? And where does faith play a part in your story? Okay, so I need to I need to reach over here for just one second to get something because I didn't I just thought of this. And as Jim's looking for that. Yeah, um, no, I'm there. I'm already oh, there. Right surprise. Okay. Okay. So I got two parts to this story. So bear with me. Of course, I have two parts. ADHD moment. Uh, but I have uh, I have this experience and tested and proven that happened 20 years ago, Justin. And uh, I'm be- so let me go back here. First off, folks, it's really important to get close to the Lord now. You know, when you're healthy, when the good times are here, it's it just life goes better. When, when you got the God of the universe on your side. Okay, it just does. Back in 2002, I went through a very difficult period, not health-wise, but job-wise. Uh, I was, my, my first company got, we kind of went through a liquidation, then we got bought out, that went bankrupt, switched to another company that I knew was already having trouble, but I really loved the educational field. Um, and I tried to continue in that field and they ended up going bankrupt too. 9-11 did the company in. And uh, so they went under. So in March of 2002, I started journaling, which I'd never done before. Now, this isn't the March 2002 journal. This is the current one, okay? But one night in particular, I felt literally a demon or Satan himself uh, wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, curse God. Uh, At that point, I was about 35 years old. He said, you did everything you, he asked of you. I did a lot of traveling and stuff. He goes, you're not married. You don't own a house because I was traveling a lot. Um, you know, I wasn't poor, but I definitely wasn't wealthy. You know, some of my friends were already, you know, had nice, huge bank accounts. I didn't have that. Um, and, and, and he said, curse him. And the verse from Job came up. Though he strikes me, I will still praise him. And I did that, Justin, back then. And you know what? Within one year, within actually less than one year. It was actually probably closer to nine months. I had moved to Bradford. Uh, literally, I felt called by the Lord to move to Bradford. And um, and you talked about the Community Life Center. I was back in, at that point, I was living in King of Prussia. In King of Prussia, I just committed to giving towards a church that was going to buy an old supermarket to build a Community Life Center. I find myself in Bradford through a strange, bizarre set of coincidences. I find myself in a church that's in an old supermarket that's about to build a community life center to keep kids off the street. Now, you can't make that up, um, period. I mean, you can try to explain that away other than divine inter- inter- intervention, but I can't. Uh, so I found a, I found a church. Uh, I found a wife. Uh, I married Celine. I bought a house. I had a new career. And, and so everything that Satan wanted me to curse, I said, though he strikes me, I will not curse him. Everything he asked or, or said that I didn't have and I should curse God, I had. Okay. And the Lord has blessed us, you know, financially over the years. We now have a homestead and everything else like that. So the Lord gave me everything that, that Satan wanted me to curse back then. So using that as a foundation, um, I'm trusting the Lord to do the exact same thing. Okay. So. When I got hit with this, the notion of cursing God never came came to my mind. It never did. Um, I cried out for him for healing, um, but I never cursed him. 
it is life. I know that we all, you know, good things or bad things happen to good people and vice versa. It is, it is, it is life. And as you said in our pre-interview thing, we live in a broken world. It is what it is sometimes. So my my game plan along these lines, and I shared this, it's a set of bizarre coincidences. So I'm kind of trusting the Lord in this as well. My prayer to the Lord has been to restore me that I may serve God, love Celine, and be and 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 do good for others, <clears throat> which I think is a pretty decent prayer. Okay. And yes, some would say you should love God. Well, no, in serving him, I'm loving him too. I just don't want to say love God and love Selena. I, I, I want to mix it up. You know, I want to mix the words up there a little bit. So that has been my prayer. And in the last two weeks, it, and I'll put it this way too, once in the fall, I asked the Lord to please be merciful to me. And you know what he said? Literally, he said, I have been. And I thought to myself, I've had no pain. In all of this, I've, and, and folks, you got to understand, I've got a, I got a five diameter inch massive tumors. And then I got another tumor not too far away. That's from like three inches. And that mass of five inches is surrounding my femoral artery and the main vein going into my leg. Um, you know, I could lose my leg very easily if something goes wrong, you know, um, but I felt no pain so far. I mean, there are a few days here and there, but nothing major. So my prayer has been restore me that I can serve God, love Selene, and do good for others. About two weeks ago, I saw one of these natural people. And at the end of our, our two-hour session, I looked to the side and saw the business card. And uh, the business card said on it, restore wellness now. I'm like, that seems like a pretty good sign to me. Okay. So that was one thing. And then earlier this week, I went to a prayer, prayer meeting. And I'll tell you what, prayer meetings are extremely powerful about 10 people laid hands on me. I was crying like a baby. Uh, somebody actually handed me Kleenexes. I'm a very unemotional person. I'm very logical about things. And uh, but I had tears throughout my eyes. Um, afterwards, my glasses felt like um, I got sprayed with uh, a car driving by or something. There were spots all over them. So in, in, the, in that prayer meeting, one lady in particular was saying, restore, restore, restore. And um, and then afterwards said, you need to go to the Bible. You need to read about healing passages and reach your green, green eat, eat your green veggies and all that. And so that evening I opened up my Bible, opened up, Googled it and found some Bible passages, went through about six of them and then really felt turned away. Like I didn't want to go any farther. And the seventh one, I did the seventh one. So the, the, there is power in the prayer of the faithful um, and he brings healing. So I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Too. I mean, they're all good. And then the last one, I really like, there was this force saying, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. But I read it anyhow. It was Isaiah 38, 16. And it says, restore me, O Lord, to life. Um, and I was like, wow, that is exactly what I'm praying. And yet, and um, not yesterday, but Tuesday night, I said, well, what was the beginning of that passage? You know, what, what did that tie into? And it was Isaiah 38. So I went back to the top of Isaiah 38. And, and the heading for it is, um, Hezekiah's life is extended. Mm. And it talks about how literally God told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah that he was going to die. And Hezekiah went before the Lord and said, hey, I, I, I've served you all my life. You know, I've done good. Remember this. And then he wept bitterly. He, oh, he first turned to a wall and then prayed, I've served you, and then wept bitterly. And I'm like, well, let me do the same thing. And there's a wall right over here with, with kind of a tree on it. That's the wall. That's the tree. And so I turned to it and I prayed. And I wept bitterly afterwards. And uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. So I, I believe in signs that way. I believe the Lord speaks to us in different ways. He did a lot 20 years ago in my life. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know how he's going to handle this. If it's going to be through the natural stuff is my preference. If I feel I have no choice, I'll do the chemo, but I don't think that's good for the rest of my body with all that's going on. My body does not like chemicals. I know that. Um, and so that's my number one reason for really avoiding the chemo is that I'm, I'm concerned about other things that might happen. But if I have no choice, then that's what I got to do, you know. And it's, it's, it's technically, well, not technically, it is. It's a, it's a faith walk. This is what you're doing right now. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a faith walk to know that you just know that God's with you. He's present. And we're never, the thing is with, with life, we're never exempt from suffering. I think sometimes we think that just because we're Christians or just because we believe in Jesus, just because we have an all-powerful God at work, does not mean that we will not suffer. Jesus himself was a suffering servant. He went and suffered uh, for us, for, for our good, right? And so exchanging himself for us and took upon himself that suffering. So if God himself didn't spare his son, he didn't spare his, his, himself in godly form, in human form as God, then why would we think that we're exempt from suffering at all of any sort? I believe in supernatural protection. I believe that God will orchestrate things and we could avoid car accidents because he was moving and he knew. Uh, I, I believe that he can heal our bodies of particular things. Um, I believe that he can prevent things. But there are times where he says, I'm going to walk you through this to bring you closer to me, number one, but also to show my glory to other people. And no matter what the end result is on that walk, the goal and the foundation should always be we walked by faith. Because in scripture, it states, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's part of the journey that we have that honors God. And when a rubber meets the road, we have to stay faithful. That's the thing. And I'm preaching to myself in this moment, too, because things can happen in a blink of an eye. You can you don't know. And you think life is all good. And all of a sudden this happens or that happens. And it's like, what's your first response going to be? Like you said, Jim, you could easily say curse God and and don't believe, don't follow, say, forget it. How dare you? Or you can say, here I am. You know, I know you're with me. I, I need you in this moment. And just whatever, God, whatever you have for me, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I think it was imp important to paint that. And uh, you're obviously an example of, of walking in faith and and sharing that journey with others. I'll, I'll share this. Uh, I've always known the Lord as my father. Uh, or I say, you know, Lord, the Lord God, like Jesus Christ, my Savior, Holy Spirit, my guide and counselor. Uh, I've always used like Lord, Savior, Counselor, you know, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I've come to in my journal now for the first time, and, and I'll put it this way. I would not wish this on anyone, not even my worst enemy. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, and I, I, don't, I don't want it on me either. However, with that being said, I've come to know God as daddy, mm. um, which is uh, the Abba Father or, or at, a, at a closer level than I ever have before. Uh, so it, uh, you know, I know, I know him as daddy now, uh, yeah. our relationship is much stronger. And it's more intimate that way. If you think about it, right. It's a, it's a closer, close knit relationship that just, and a lot of times you can have that when you go through some rough moments, you just know that God's your only source you can lean on really. Cause man will fail you. Our plans sometimes don't go according to what we want, but God stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And that's the only hope that we can really rely on. So Jim, uh, as we wrap up here, so maybe somebody is struggling with their health today. 
maybe they are uh, walking through this. Maybe it's a cancer bout. Maybe it's um, just some, some health conditions or maybe it's depression or anxiety. Uh, everybody's going to have a some, something going on, right? So what would you suggest to them when it comes down to it all? Well, I guess a couple of things. One, always trust God. Uh, the second thing is uh, do your own research on everything. Uh, you know, some of it is pretty simple. If you're not eating healthy, start eating healthy. But if you've got a certain type of illness, whatever that might be, do your own research. Uh, and then also see doctors. But look at doctors from a variety of perspectives. Uh, look at, uh, you know, the, the regular doctor we see today, but also look at your natural path, too, as, a, as an option there that can help you out. Uh, I think it's very important to see both sides of the story. And, and I can say that with the naturopathic way, too, every time I talked with one of them, they spent an hour asking me my life history. They, they wanted to listen to everything. And that's very important. Uh, it's, that's actually very therapeutic that someone's actually listening to what you're saying. Um, and you don't always get that elsewhere. Right. So, so that's important. So uh, get close to God. You know, just basically try to be healthy. Do your own research. Question everything. And then you have to, at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Right. And, uh, and, you know, be firm with it. But at the same time, if you get new information, be willing to change. Mm -hmm. Because we don't know. We don't know it all. No matter how, how much research we do. And folks, it's so easy nowadays. We got Google. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you don't even feel like typing, just say, hey, Sari. Uh, you know, you can do that as well. So it doesn't get any easier than that. Uh, so we, we have that power nowadays to do that sort of thing. So yeah. stay close to God, be healthy as best you can, do your own research, seek medical, you know, medical advice, uh, you know, and, and, you know, get blood work done, get scans done. Western medicine is very good at doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good word, man. Good word. Yeah. We can definitely partner with the, with, our doctors. And, and if you don't have a doctor that you particularly like right now, there's always other options, right? We can, we can find mm -hmm. one that will actually, like Jim was saying, listen to us. One that will be old talking. I've had several doctors in my life and I made sure the doctors that I had, we had a connection. They knew I liked more of a natural approach to doing things. I'm not a big fan of medication unless you need to really take it. And they were open to that. Okay. So an example, taking, uh, I believe it's omeprazole. I have indigestion. I know some of that's diet related, some of that's hereditary. So there are moments though, where my diet might not be according to having no acid reflux. Um, so that means I start taking Meprazole at 20 or 40 milligram, depending. Well, I told my doctor, I'm not really for, because if you look at these, these types of medications, there's a potential of cancer if you continue taking them for long duration of time. And I told him that flat out. I said, there's a new study that's out. This is what it's at. This is what it says. And I'm not a fan of taking these. And he said, okay, Justin, I understand that. All right, that's a possibility. Um, it's highly unlikely, but there is a possibility. So he, he recognized that there are possibilities that are happening, which I respected. And then secondly, he said, how about this? If you get a flare up, take it for a week, take it for two weeks, but then you can stop taking it, just take it as needed. Yeah. And I said, okay, I like that idea. So what's, what's that mean for me? Well, watch your diet, bro. <laughs> that's the first thing. You know, do what you have to do first to make sure it doesn't happen that way. Secondly, okay, if it does flare up, you know you can go on this for a small amount of time. It will clear it up and you can get off of it. So it won't be so detrimental to the health if it went that direction. So yeah, listening to a doc, finding a doctor to listen to you and partner with you and help you through uh, what your beliefs are and, and how you want to do things for sure. But 
Jim, I appreciate you being here. Can you please real quick, you said you have a podcast. I've listened to it a couple of times. Could you tell our audience what that is? Sure. If you're, I mean, I wasn't planning on doing it. I don't want to take over your show here, but uh, a friend of mine and I, and, uh, and we do have guest speakers on as well. It's called Two Guys Drinking Coffee. Uh, it's on Facebook. We're actually on about 15 different social media sites as well. And we basically, uh, let's see here. I even got the coffee mug right here. There it is. Two guys drinking coffee. Uh, whoops, there we go. Trying to make sense out of a crazy world. And uh, we broadcast live from a local restaurant here in Bradford, Pennsylvania. So we have a live audience. And of course, we've got our Facebook audience. And we have a great time every Wednesday morning, uh, 9 a.m. You can catch us. And uh, we just try to make sense out of the crazy world that's going on. That's good. It's really interesting because I've heard a couple episodes and I it intrigues me. So I'm, when I'm driving, I like listening to some things and and sometimes I get sucked in. So you guys are you guys are fun together. I like how the, the banter back and forth and talking. It's just it's a fun it's a fun show. Yeah, and you know, it, it is because we don't always agree on things completely. Yeah, or I, definitely don't phrase things always the same way. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 kind of fun that way, and that's good. I mean, we don't yeah. have to agree on everything. You haven't gotten yeah. in a fist fight yet. That's good. There's no no shouting matches to say. I don't think. Uh, no, no, we haven't gotten to that point yet. So, okay. well, stay uh, tuned. It could happen. Yeah, maybe it will happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so it's two guys drinking coffee. It's number two. Yeah. Yep. Guys drinking coffee. So if you're on social media, type there that in. <clears throat> For those listening, it's two guys drinking coffee. And yeah. check out Jim and his partner there, and they follow him on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other social media platforms. So trying to make sense yeah. of a crazy world. Yes. Yeah. So friends, I definitely think, check I think it we out. We all have been. But we don't, and we you know we always do disclaimers like, don't believe a word we say. Be like the Bereans in the Bible. Do your own research and uh, draw your own conclusion, and think of us as simply cartoon characters. I like it. I oh man. So if like a boulder came down on me and it smushed me. I'll just get right back up like Wally Coyote does. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> no problem. You can blow yourself up and it doesn't, you know, you just keep moving along. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you, Jim, so much. Thank you guys for checking us out. Thank you folks and, for being, for, yeah. for listening. And we'll check, we'll talk to you later. See you next Take time. Take care, Justin. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim.